Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today I've got 20 players for you to target late in your draft. These are the deep sleepers and last round flyers. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are talking some deep sleepers, some late round flyers, guys that you can take at the end of your draft. Um, they might even be sitting on your waiver wire if you've already drafted. Just some guys that I think have a good bit of upside if things go their way uh, that you should be looking to uh, at least have on your radar, even if they're on your watch list. Um, these players, I do think, have some good potential to contribute in fantasy basketball leagues this season. One of the last videos we're going to put out before, I'm sure a lot of drafts are happening this weekend, so uh, make sure you guys give this one a big old thumbs up. Thank you so much for helping us reach 5,000 subscribers. If you are not subscribed, I know there's still a lot of you that watch the videos that are not, please make sure you hit subscribe. We'll be pumping out a lot of content throughout the entire season once the NBA starts as well, so hit that subscribe button, and if you have a draft this weekend, head over to ballboysnba.com and sign up for our season draft guide to get all of my rankings, um, get access to exclusive Q&A podcasts. We will be doing our last preseason Q&A podcast uh, tomorrow. Um, it'll be, uh, I'll be doing and recording the podcast today by the time this video comes out. So if you have any last-minute questions and you see this video early, uh, head over to the website and hit on the exclusive Q&A tab there and you can submit your question and we'll run through them before um, the weekend. Um, and yeah, so head over to there, 10 bucks. It's going to set you up for the whole season. Sign up there. Remember, don't cancel it. Once you have signed up, you will lose access to the uh, rankings and the website, but it will not charge you again. Once the season starts, all subscriptions will be canceled. So 10 bucks will set you up for the whole year. And uh, yeah, you can get access to our rankings and exclusive Q&As and a couple of um, articles that we've reached, uh, wrote, written over there uh, on punting guides on the free throws and field goal percentage categories. So without any more waffling on, let's get stuck into it. Late round players. I've um, ranked these guys. Oh, I haven't really ranked them. I've just put these guys in order of their ADP over on Yahoo. Some of them at the end don't even have an ADP. ADP, so I'm going to list them based on their rankings on Yahoo. So there's some really good sleepers at the end of this list, some guys that are really um, not really being considered. Some of them are a little bit more popular than others, but again, I'm trying to cover all bases. You might be aware of some of them, but some of them you might be a little bit less um, interested in or, or at least 
at the forefront of your mind. So let's get stuck into it. 20 guys. The first guy here, again, going by ADP. The first guy I'm going to talk about here is Isaiah Hartenstein. He is an ADP of 136.9. So going in this sort of second last round in most drafts, I think that Hartenstein is an excellent guy to take your flyer on. I think at this kind of a spot, it's fine. I don't want to be reaching inside sort of the top 120 while I'm still filling out my starters. But after sort of pick 120, I'm happy to take the flyer on Hartenstein. He was a top 110 guy last season after the All-Star break in 21 minutes a night. Um, he put up 9.4 rebounds, sorry, 9.4 points, 5.8 rebounds, three assists, nearly a steal, over a block, shooting 63% from the field and 70% from the line. So um, great boost to your blocks, field goal percentage. He can pass as well as a center. Um, if you were punting the threes, he's a top 80 guy in that time. So if you are in that kind of a build, he definitely has a lot of value. And there is scope for him to actually get more minutes this season in New York. I don't necessarily think it is likely, but there is the possibility that he is... um you know, ahead of Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson hasn't been the most durable player in the NBA so far in his career. He's also getting into a lot of foul troubles. So you might see him get extended run. And if he does get the opportunity, I think he can really, really blow up um, and has a very, very high upside. He, he honestly has a top 50 upside if he gets sort of 28 minutes plus a night, um, just because he is a very good per minute player, um, sort of with those assists and steals from the center position, which are very difficult to find. Uh, the percentages are very, nice as well. So for me, Isaiah Hartenstein is an easy one to get in sort of the last um, two to three rounds of your draft if you're looking for those kind of stats. The next guy here, um, an interesting one that we haven't spoken about. I don't think he's getting much talked about here on a lot of other podcasts and sites out there, but Grant Williams of the Boston Celtics with an ADP of 137.8 is an interesting one to me. Now, obviously the Celtics are missing uh, Robert Williams at the moment. I expect that we're going to see a lot more Grant Williams this season. He obviously played really well in the uh, playoffs and finals last season. He is um, he was a guy that when coming out of college, his stat set was quite appealing. It hasn't really translated th- this so far in the NBA. And I, I'm not expecting, like for him compared to Hartenstein, the upside is nowhere near as high. But I think the opportunity will definitely be there, especially early in the season. He has a chance to be like a triple one guy, a steal, a block, and a three per game with solid percentages, low turnovers. Um, Kind of the guy that some are predicting um, Javante Green to be in Chicago. I think Grant Williams is maybe a slightly better version of that. Um, So I think that for me at 137.8, I I probably wouldn't be taking him outside of the last round in draft because I just don't see the upside being super high. So this might even be a little bit early for me, but I do think that he is someone worth monitoring, um, especially, you know, say for example, the Celtics did want to rest Al Horford a little bit, which I don't know if they're going to be having the luxury to now with Rob but with uh, Robert Williams' injury. But I think Grant Williams will be getting plenty of minutes for the Celtics this season. He won't wow you in scoring. He's not a huge assist guy, but he will get those other little stats, you know, the rebounds, the you know, the three uh, steals, blocks. I think the percentages will be very solid, low turnovers. So um, just a really solid guy. And I think maybe a little bit better in a roto format. 
Not any huge big booms in his categories, but definitely someone that I I could see, quote-unquote, ranking decently this season. So um, just wanted to give a spotlight on Grant Williams on there. The next one here is Bogdan Bogdanovic from the Atlanta Hawks. He is obviously going into the season injured at the moment. His ADP on Yahoo at the moment is 137.7. I believe that when he is back, he's pretty good as a top 100 player. I don't expect him to miss too much time to start the season. I think that um, obviously the addition of DeJounte Murray hurts his value a little bit, but he was uh, a top 70 guy last season. He was still coming off the bench last year as well. So we do have the ability to sort of... um, He's he's playing a similar role, in fact, in fact, the same role as he was last season. Sorry, he was 74th last year, and that was in 29 minutes a game. I think the minutes, you know, are pretty safe. I think they sacrificed a bit of depth to get DeJounte Murray, so I th- still see him getting 28 to 30 minutes a night. They're going to need his spacing. He's a, he's a decent assist guy, three plus per game. The threes are nice. He's going to get you maybe a steal per game. Free throws are good. Low turnovers. So when he is back, he is someone that can give you top 100 upside. He's kind of just a guy that if you haven't already got an injured player, um, then he's someone you can maybe take a swing on, um, you know, the last two or three rounds. If you've already got someone else injured, but you've got multiple injury reserve spots, he's someone that if he makes it to your last round, I would be happy to take a swing on. And then you pick a couple of guys up, maybe from this list that I'm going to go through today, uh, and pop them onto your roster off the waiver wire. Um, and you might still get some really good value. Um, because, yeah, I don't expect him to be out very long, and I'm not too worried about his role completely. Completely changing with DeJounte Murray coming back. He was still coming off the bench last season and put up good fantasy value in that role. So at 137.7, I think that's a good good one to sort of stash away whilst he's uh, until he's healthy. Number four here, guys, the uh, at 138.2 is Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, obviously, has been traded to the Lakers. He is someone who I expect to be getting decent minutes at the Lakers. He's a better fit as their sort of starting point guard, shooting guard, than like a Russell Westbrook. They might even start both of them together. Um, I think next to LeBron, um, they're going to need his sort of... He's exactly what they need over the Lakers. They need a guy who's just going to come in and play defense, facilitate a little bit, shoot a little bit. He's not going to wow you in scoring, uh, but he's going to give you good rebounds for a guard, um, great steals, uh, good blocks for a point guard. Uh, the threes will be decent. The field goal percentage will be rough, but he won't shoot a lot of shots. The low points won't be won't be ideal, but he's just the kind of guy to get those sort of defensive stats and threes and a little bit of assists at the end of drafts. And I think that uh, at 138.2, He's definitely someone who has a bit more upside than that. He's not crazy high in upside, but in terms of um, his permanent production, he is better than this. He is someone that uh, beat this number in like 25 minutes a night last year. So I do think that he is, um, whilst not your typical late-round flyer as like a young guy who could completely break out, I just think that the the position that he's in and the role that he's going to be asked to play, he does have upside. So last year, he was uh, the 104th ranked player in just 25 minutes per night. So if you can get him in your last round, well, there's 50 spots of value and he has upside to go higher. So if he's playing 28, 30 minutes a night, if Russell Westbrook does get shut down or traded, um, then there's some real upside there. Uh, for him to sort of be a top 90, top 85 guy. And I think that that's sort of all you can really ask for with these last round flyers. So Patrick Beverly, the older uh, late round flyer on this list. 
Uh, the next guy here I'm going to talk about here at number five is Kelly Oubre Jr., um, ADP of 138.4. Again, with the news of um, Lamelo Balls going down with his ankle injury, he's going to miss the first two to three weeks of the season. I believe that we're probably not going to see a direct replacement at point guard. You'll probably see um, Terry Rozier slot in there as the point guard, and then you might see Kelly Oubre come in off the bench is my prediction. Either that or a Cody Martin, but I think I'd, I'd bet on K- Kelly Oubre at the moment. Um, so I think e- either way, he's going to get a decent load in minutes. He's going to put up points. He's going to put up threes. He has the potential for some decent steals as well. The percentages are pretty rough. Um and he's not going to give you a lot in the way of assists or blocks or rebounds. So he's very much, you know, he does what he does, but I think that he's going to have more of an opportunity to get that high usage that he needs, especially early on in the season. He might be a guy that you don't necessarily hold for very long once Lamelo Ball is back, but I think he has slightly elevated value to start the season. So maybe a lower upside compared to some of these other guys on the list, but I think the role for him is going to be very, very steady and strong to start the season. So if you need some points, threes, um, late in the draft, I think that he is probably one of the better options that will be on the board late at an ADP of 138.4. Uh, the next guy here is, again, in that similar kind of mold, maybe a little bit better in terms of his percentages, Chris Duarte at 138.8. It looks like he's going to be the starter alongside with Buddy Heald. Um, I think that, again, he's he's not the highest upside guy, even though he's a second-year player, he's older. Um, how old is he, actually? I'm just trying to find him on my rankings here. So he's 25 already, so I'm not expecting him to massively improve from last season, but we should see a small step forward. Um, you know, he was the 178th-ranked player last year in 28 minutes per night. I think that those minutes will go up to around 30 now, um, and you should see the field goal percentage start to improve from his 43% last year. Is usually the biggest thing that changes with guys going to their second year. Um, you might see some more threes and some more assist opportunities as well, but he's just going to be solid. Low turnovers should get you a steal per game. Uh, free throw percentage will be solid. Um, so he might not he might not um, give you those peaks in a lot of categories, Categories, but he is going to be a sort of steady across the board contributor. Um, and I think that, again, his role will be very secure in Indiana. And they'll be looking to get him rolling a bit more as one of their younger players. Um, even though, again, I said he is 25. So I'm not expecting a huge breakout from Chris Duarte. But definitely in the last couple of rounds, I think he's fine to sort of take a swing on. Uh, the next guy here is uh, everybody's favorite um, and he used to be the guy that I really liked, but I've cooled quite a bit on him. Uh, at seven, Alexei Pokyshevsky, um, ADP of 139.1. Um, could be the starting power forward over in OKC. Obviously, with Chet out, they're tinkering a lot with their front court rotation, so it could be a bit of a mess to start the season. It's, it's probably him or Baisley at the moment. I think Poku might have the edge if it were if it were me. Maybe they're trying to keep that same kind of um, lineup style with Chet. You know, the, the skinny, lanky guy that can stretch the floor. Um, maybe to, to let their other sort of starters get used to playing with that kind of a... Uh, archetype of a player, um, but he does have permanent upside. Be aware of your field goal percentage. It will take a decent hit. He's not going to be a guy that gets a lot of steals, I wouldn't have thought, but the blocks might be there. The threes might be there. He might be decent in assists for a player that is center eligible on Yahoo. I don't think he's center eligible on um, fan tracks. I think that is important to note. Um, so he does have a bit of upside. 
My expectations are tempered because I think even if he does start, I don't see him running out there for 30 minutes plus a night. I think he is probably going to be in the mid to high 20s, even if he's a starter or not. Um, because I just do think that that OKC front court rotation is going to be messy, and it's going to be messy for most of the season. Would be my thoughts. Um, but he does do, he does have undeniable upside. He is still very very young, um, so you could still see another leap forward in his development, and it wouldn't shock me. That, like I still have a slither of hope that the upside that I thought we saw from him a couple of seasons ago does finally show itself. Um, you know, he, like I said, he's still very young, so. The upside is there, and he's definitely someone that if you need what he does, if you need a late center in a punt field goal percentage build, you could do worse than grabbing Alexei with your with your last pick and sort of crossing your fingers hoping for the best. So at 139, he is definitely on your radar as a late round pick. As is this guy, Jalen Duran, my eight uh, late, late round flyer. Um, Jalen Duran is a guy that I really liked this season in before the draft. I thought it was a steal for Detroit to get him where they did. I thought it was criminal that the Charlotte Hornets got him and then traded him only to select Mark Williams, who I think is just a worse version of Jalen Duran. Um, the good news for Duran, at least, is that Marvin Bagley has gone down with an injury. I think it's a bone bruise and MCL sprain, so he'll miss about a month of action. That might be enough time for Duran to get in there and show the Detroit Pistons, what he's got. I expect him to come off the bench behind an Isaiah Stewart, but it wouldn't shock me if he is just better than Isaiah Stewart. They're going to experiment with Stewart playing a bit at the four at times. So you could see Duran getting minutes in the low 20s, and he could be good enough to be worthwhile in that amount of time. He's going to be excellent at rebounds and blocks and field goal percentage, the traditional big man stats. Um, it's just whether or not the minutes that he gets is worthwhile enough to to uh, select at that point. So he's definitely only a last-round pick for me. I wouldn't go any earlier than that because um, there's a, a pretty decent chance that he's just not going to get enough minutes early on. And um, you might... I, I wouldn't have super long leash with him, but I would just maybe watch the first few games and see how much of a run he's getting, seeing how he's looking like in proper NBA action because uh, if he was to get 25 plus a night, he could be very, very valuable uh, in those traditional big man stats. So um, the opportunity there I think is better for Duran than it was maybe uh, a couple of weeks ago with the injury to Bagley. And uh, yeah, I think there is upside there. Someone who I do like long-term as well. Um, at number nine here, a guy that I drafted in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl with my last round pick, Emmanuel Quickly at 140.8. I just think that he's a really good player. I think that he has a good fantasy stat set in terms of threes, free throw percentage, points, assists. Um, We saw flashes of what he could do down the stretch last season. He was putting up uh, big, big numbers. The assists were actually pretty surprising. Um, The arrival of Brunson does cast a bit of a you know, a shadow over that opportunity. But again, they, they've still got players like Evan Fournier out there starting. Um, at the moment, you've got, um, uh, who's their other guy? A couple of guys down with injuries. Um, I'm flat, uh, forgetting the name. But anyway, he's um he's a guy that they, they've said, the coach has said they're going to try and get him more minutes. He's probably going to be like their six-man kind of a role. I see that. There is opportunity, especially if there's injuries or something like that, or or Yvonne Fournier is just finally just 
moved to the side and, and, and played at a minor role that quickly could get in there. And again, if you are punting blocks or punting field goal percentage or both, he does have enough uh, upside and value to put up decent enough um, value in, in limited minutes. But he could he could easily be a top 100 player if given the opportunity. So for me, Emmanuel quickly is someone, like I said, I, I walked the walk. I drafted him in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball with um, my last pick, and I think he's a decent flyer to take if it fits your build. Number 10 here is a player that I don't know if this ADP is actually reflective of where he's going in drafts right now. It's Kelly Olynyk here. Um, this might still be affected by the fact that he wasn't on the Utah Jazz until a, a couple of weeks ago. So um, perhaps he won't be available on your last couple of picks, but I would be very comfortable drafting him as a part of my starting team. So inside to the top 20, uh, 120, so if, as a 10th round selection, I think Kelly Olenek will be given the opportunity this season. It looks like they're going to be starting with Olenek, Markkanen, and uh, Vanderbilt as their sort of starting front court. Um, so... Very useful as a center in punt field goal percentage builds. He can give you good assists and steals and threes from that position, which can be extremely valuable. So um, I'm not necessarily sure if this role is something that keeps up for the entire season, um, just because of the the jazz and you know the tanking that I expect them to be doing down the stretch and the tinkering with all of their lineups and young guys. You know, you've got Walker Kessler there who might be getting more minutes as the season goes on. But at the moment, Olenek looks like he's going to be starting and playing decent minutes, and um, he is a good fantasy permanent producer. So definitely someone that I would be taking. Probably is the uh, of all the names I'm going to say today, probably the one that I would be taking the earliest. I feel the most confident, and he has the, the maybe one of the higher upsides. So um, his ADP puts him in this video, but you might not actually see him getting that late in a lot of drafts. But um, yeah, happy to take him in the tenth round as sort of your last starter on your team, especially if it fits what you're looking for. At number 11, 141.4, Ayo He has been named as the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls while Lonzo Ball is out, and that could be a long time. It could be the entire season. So Ayo Desumnu is someone that definitely I'm happy to be taking with my last few rounds. Um, I'm not super high on him as just an overall prospect, but I do think the opportunity is there. He put up decent numbers in heavy minutes last season. I think the minutes might not be that high, but there are a lot of injury-prone guys on this team. So um, if you need some decent assists, um, steals, he's not going to light the world on fire in terms of points and threes, but he does um, provide some very valuable assists late in draft, which are hard to find. Um, again, probably not someone I'd be drafting inside the 120, but after that, again, as a bench player, I think he's fine to grab if you need those kind of a spot, uh, need those kind of a stats. Um, but yeah, it definitely it devalues what Alex Caruso can do this season. Um, I wonder how close to 30 minutes a night we're going to see from AO at the moment. I would expect maybe minutes more in the high 20s. Um, uh, Caruso should be in there and taking some minutes off him. Uh, I really do also like their guard, the rookie that they selected this season. Um, just blanking on the name again. Um, but I think that there is a few guys that can play that playmaking role on their team. But at the moment, he has been named as the starter, so he's definitely worth a flyer. This next guy here, guys, is uh, is everyone's hype guy right now. And I was onto him before more people than most, okay? That 12, 
Tari Eason. He has an ADP of 141.7. He's starting to go earlier and earlier and earlier. So this might not necessarily be reflective of your draft, especially if you're drafting with people who are a bit more switched on and have been participating in my videos and, and mock drafts and all those kind of things. He has been killing the preseason, um, averaging like 20 and 10, a steal and blocks. And, and he's awesome. I mean, I flag this, guys. If you've been listening to the podcast since the draft, I've been beating down the drum of Tari Eason. I had him top 10 in the draft. He was sort of a top six or seven dynasty rookie player. Um, I love Tari Eason. Let's just slow down the hype a little bit here. If you remember, for those who've been listening for a while, I, I, I named Tari Eason the uh, Alperen Shangun of this season. I, I knew this was going to happen. He's going to get so hyped. We're going to get so excited. And rightfully so. He's a really, really good player. He puts up stats when he gets minutes. We know this. I'm just concerned that he's not going to get the minutes early this season. You still take him. You still definitely draft him. Draft him with your second to last pick. Your third to last pick if you're really bullish. But I wouldn't go any higher than that. I wouldn't be drafting him as one of your starting 10 players. Um, I'd probably rather him get him in round 12 or round 13. That's sort of where I'd be hoping to get Tari Eason if you needed those defensive stats and rebounds. But again... Um, I expect Eric Gordon to be the starting three, Jabari to be the starting four, and Shengun to start at the five. You've then got Jay Sean Tate there as well. Um, you've got other players like Usman Garuba. Tari Eason will fit in there somewhere. I just worry about him getting enough minutes. Now, he doesn't need a whole lot of minutes, and that's the upside there. So even if he's just playing low minutes in the 20s, it still might be valuable enough. I'm more confident about Eason getting minutes than I was with Shangun getting minutes last season, just because Eason is more versatile in the way he plays. He can play a little bit at the three. He can play a little bit at the four. You know, they might go a bit smaller with with him at the four, Jabari at the five. We, We don't know. So there's a bit more opportunity there. So I'm more keen on him at least from a security point of view, than it was um, Shengun last season. But I, I do just worry that people are getting very, very excited about him. And I, I again, I, I share that excitement. I really, really do. Uh, but don't be drafting him as one of your starters because there is a significant risk that he pl- he plays like 16 to 18 minutes per night early in the season. Um, hopefully, by the time they do trade Eric Gordon, I expect that to definitely happen. Down the stretch, he is someone who's going to be putting up top 100 numbers. He is going to be absolutely someone to keep an eye on. Um, and if you can hold him and you go into your draft and you're super confident that you're just going to wipe the floor with the rest of your, your league mates, you, you're confident you can make the playoffs, even if you drag someone who's not super valuable, then maybe Eason is someone that you just stash and wait for that Eric Gordon trade or benching or buyout or whatever the case may be, because he will be someone that I think will be putting up big, big numbers um, in the second half of the season, but it might be rough to start the uh, the year on. So depending on how competitive your league is, if you're in a league where you've got to fight tooth and nail to get those wins early in the season... Eason loses a little bit of value in my eyes. But if you're confident, you can afford to stash a low productive player to start the year for high upside later, then Eason is probably one of the best in this list to do that. So at 141.7, I think that's about right where it is right now, but I do see him going a lot earlier in drafts at the moment after the preseason hype. Um, so yeah, there's uh, Tari Eason, the uh, the ball boys, my guy for from earlier this year. So shout out to uh, everyone who was uh, with me when I was um, shouting out uh, Eason's name from the rooftops back in Summer League and, uh, and before Summer League even. 
Uh, at number 13, Markel Fultz at 142.8, his ADP. I still think that he is a good player to draft. I literally just drafted him in our um, Pro 20 League. I think I got him at pick 133. Uh, it was the second last round in that league. I think that there's a chance he doesn't miss too much time. There's footage of him training without a boot or anything on at the moment. He might still miss, you know, the first week or two of the season, but you've got um, Jalen Suggs, who's also gone down with an injury. Uh, Harris is still out with an injury. So he might beat those guys back to the court. And when he does, I do expect him to sort of make that starting lineup, be the guy that can give you some good assists and steals with decent percentages. Um, he is just someone that has upside, especially if you are punting the threes or you know, or you're really strong in that area already. I think that he just has a little bit more upside than a lot of these other guys. Again, similar to like our Bogdan Bogdanovic that we spoke about earlier, uh, maybe a little bit riskier than than him, um, but a similar kind of timeline in my opinion. Maybe he even beats Bogdan back to the court, but has higher assists upside, which is definitely very valuable. I think he he means a lot to the team, and I think they will be prioritizing him over someone like a Cole Anthony when he is back and up to speed. It's it's only a fractured toe. It's not it's not like a stress fracture in the foot or anything like that. I don't think it's going to really linger on too much. Um, it's annoying in terms of the timing of the injury. He might be a bit slow to start the season, but I do expect him to get cracking after you know a week or two of him being back. So I do think he does have some upside. At 14, this guy was the uh, he was the hype man before Tari Eason came along, but Santi Aldama is a player that I do believe in. I do think that he is a good player to draft late in your in your league. Uh, I actually paired him along, I handcuffed him with Jaron Jackson Jr. in the uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. He was a much-needed center-eligible player for me. Again, I was punting big man stats in that in that uh, team, so I needed his um, center eligibility. He should give me some good threes, um, should be pretty efficient, some decent rebounds, might get a block and a steal. Um, the value is going to go away when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. It'll pretty much evaporate. But he should have decent value whilst he is out. And, and you know, with the Grizzlies, we don't know how long that's going to be. That could be until the end of this year, until 2023 in January. It could just be for a month or so. But I still think that, again, if I go back to Tari Eason, if you're in a competitive league and you want to win those early weeks, he is definitely someone that can give you really good value, uh, potentially top 100 numbers for the first month of the season. And then after that, you you drop him and you move on to the next guy, you stream that position. But I do think that Santi Aldama is legit. He looks definitely like they're starting power forward and I think that's probably the right thing to do with his floor spacing. He's looked really good. Killed it in Summer League. He's killing it in preseason. So uh, I'm buying the hype. Just know that it is temporary. It's not going to last for the entire season. Um, When Jaron Jackson does come back, he will lose his value and you will pretty much just have to drop him um, these next five or six players I have here are un, they have no ADP data on Yahoo. They are going undrafted in lots of leagues. All of them are ranked outside the top 200 on Yahoo. So you're going to have to scroll down to find them or search their names. Um, a couple of them, I really don't know why. Uh, I think that these first two are really, really good values and definitely should be drafted in your league. Um, and I think they have some decent upside. The first guy here is Caleb Martin from the Miami Heat. Not Cody Martin, Caleb Martin, his brother. He looks like he's going to be the starting power forward for the Heat. Um, he's not going to wow you with scoring or huge assist numbers or um, you know heaps of any one particular stat, but he'll be a 
good across the board. He should give you a three, steal, and a block again. We like those kind of guys. Um, decent rebounds. The efficiency will be decent as well. He's going to have some good opportunity. Uh, maybe not the highest of upsides, but still someone that could comfortably beat where he's ranked and should still be maybe close to a top 100, 110 guy. Top 120 at least, I would assume. Um, and definitely someone that if he if he does, does show improvement, there's rumors about his shot looking better. Um, you know, the front court in Miami is very, very thin. I think that there's a few guys unnamed um, that, are, that are showing some promise, but I do still think that the, the Heat are trying to obviously win a lot of games, so they're going to be relying on him somewhat uh, decently. And he can play minutes at both the three and the four as well. So he has good versatility to get him on the court. Um, so I like him. Ranked 215 on Yahoo. So again, scroll down to get him, but he is someone I do think is worth a last round pick. This next guy I'm getting very excited about. I drafted him in the Dynasty 30 League. I've got him in a few different leagues this year. Um, Trey Murphy from the New Orleans Hornets. Uh, sorry, New Orleans Hornets. The New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Trey Murphy is ranked 229 on Yahoo. And this one I was really surprised that he didn't have an ADP on Yahoo. He has been on the radar for a little while. Um, He's looking really good in, in in preseason, shooting the ball very, very well. He's even getting some blocks and steals, uh, but really efficient three-point shooting. Uh, he hasn't played a game with Zion, Ingram, and Valanciunas all in the same team yet, so he's had a couple of starts and played really well as a starter, but I think that that's enough. It's enough for him to push into more minutes, and I think that there's a real risk that Valanciunas or um, Herb Jones, or, or one of those players loses some minutes to make way for Trey Murphy to get in there. His spacing is very, very important for this team. He's one of he's probably the biggest winner outside for, of Zion on himself, of Zion coming back to this team, because he is someone that's going to be very important to space the court out for Zion. Um, I don't know how much he's going to contribute in sort of those um, assist, steals, blocks categories, but he should be a decent enough rebounder. The percentages should be very solid, and the threes will be good, low turnovers. Um, so, again, his upside is, is somewhat unknown, but I just a really good player, and I think that if he gets 25-plus minutes a night, he could definitely uh, be very valuable in fantasy leagues. And um, I think that... From what we've seen in preseason, I'm, I'm getting more and more confident with Trey Murphy as sort of the late-round pick. So definitely someone I think that should be drafted in pretty much all leagues. Um, maybe 10-teamers, you leave him on the, the waiver and just put him on your watch list. But pretty much all leagues, I think, should be drafted Trey Murphy, even though he has no ADP data on Yahoo. Um, next guy here, we've got a few rookies coming up. Jalen Williams from OKC. Now, that is Jalen with an E, J-A-L-E-N, Williams. I don't know. I can't remember if that's Pig Williams or... I, I don't know. That the, the whole thing confuses me. But he is the guard version, that Jalen Williams, the guard. He is looking really good in preseason. He might be stuck behind Lou Dort to start the year, but maybe that he even gets some run. They go small and put him at power forward, and they go with just four guys out and one guy in. Um, they don't really have you know, like a locked-in front-court rotation. Lou Dort, you know, maybe they try and stagger he and Shea and, and, and you get Williams out there. But I think he could easily find himself in a 25-plus-minute 
uh, a night role. He looks really good. He's an older rookie, so he, you know he, he looks like someone who can come in and contribute immediately. Um, good points, rebounds, assists, and steals. He looks really nice. So someone who I did like in the draft, I sort of had him a little bit, although I think they took about where I had him in, in my rankings, which was a bit higher than consensus. But um, yeah, Jalen Williams, he's, he's just a nice player. Not going to hurt you pretty much anywhere. It's just a question on how is he going to find the minutes. Um, it might be a bit murky to start off, um, depending if Shea is healthy to start the season. Um, but he is someone that definitely could easily find himself in a bigger role. And uh, once he's there, I don't think he's going to really give it up because uh, he does look really good. And he might be um, he might be the third best player on this roster, uh, honestly, behind, behind Giddy and Shea, who obviously head and shoulders above everyone else. He might be next. It might be he and Lou Dort competing for that third spot. Um, and then whatever they want to do at center, uh, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, Williams, I think, is someone who definitely should be on your radar. At 18... These last three guys are definitely flyers. Maybe not guys you draft in every league, but definitely should be on your watch list. In deeper leagues, you can take the flyers on. So deep, deep, deep leagues, absolutely. Josh Primo is a guy I'm going to highlight here. Young, young player. He was the youngest player in the NBA last year. Still obviously very young. Um, Obviously, the Spurs are in no rush to win many games this season, so they're going to be playing their young guys a lot. Um... There's a lot of rumors and talk about him playing more minutes at point guard. It looks like I think Jones is going to be the guy that gets that opportunity first, but you'll see minutes of him playing at point guard as well as Tyus Jones. They don't really have many others to, to play that position, so I think you'll get a bit of both. His his fantasy game is whatever, but again, just because he is so young, there is that potential for him to just completely uh, improve a whole bunch, and um, he's obviously going to have the opportunity in San Antonio. So, like I said, probably not someone I'd really prioritize in a standard league, but if you've got a deeper format, um, or you just want to chuck him in your watch list, uh, Josh Primo is definitely someone that, you, you know, you might see his value improve as the season goes on. Um, this second to last guy here again on the Spurs, Jeremy Sohan is someone that I also think you should be keeping an eye on and potentially drafting in 12 team leagues. If you're, you know, a 14, um, round draft, I think that he is someone who definitely has a chance. He, he would be my bet to start at power forward for the Spurs. I think that he is an excellent defender, very versatile. The story of the Spurs is they don't normally play lots of rookies, but I think Sohan is going to be the exception. I've been saying that for the last couple of weeks now. It looks like McDermott is going to be playing more at the three coming off the bench, which is really good news for Jeremy Sohan. Um, he's not going to wow you again with scoring, but similar to guys like um, people I've mentioned before in terms of uh, Cody, sorry, Caleb Martin, Grant Williams kind of mold, steals, blocks. He might have also a bit of playmaking upside, so he might get you two or three assists. Um, the field goal percentage and the, the percentages might be a bit rough. So again, he's down the bottom here. I think he's someone I'm less confident on, but again, probably more so than Primo. I'm more keen on Sohan than Primo, but someone I'm definitely at least putting on my watch list and keeping an eye on him to start the season. And the last player here... Um, I didn't think I'd be talking about this player this early, but he's looked really good, and there is an outside chance that he just forces our hand a little bit. Um, definitely someone I'm putting on my watch list 100%. I don't know if I'm... I'm probably not drafting him in standard leagues. In a deep league, I'm happy to take a flyer on him, but Shaden Sharp of the Portland Trailblazers has looked really good in the playoffs, and I think that there is a spot in that lineup for him to get decent minutes. They've They're locked in at the point guard. Obviously, Damian Lillard's there. Anthony Simons is there at the two. At power forward, you've got Jeremy Grant. At center, you've got Nurkic. But at the three, 
You've only got, um, you know, there's not many good players there. There's there's um, Nazir Little. Um, they've also got, um, again, I'm blanking up, going through all these different names. Um, they've just got a few guys there running through that spot. And there's every chance that we might see, um, we might see, uh, Shaden Sharp get into that spot if he is good enough. I um, mean, Josh Hart is the player, sorry, that I was blanking on before. Uh, Josh Hart and Nasir Little are obviously completing for those minutes there. But Shaden Sharp, you know, they seem to really believe in this guy. Damian Lillard really liked him. They scouted him very, very well. Um, we obviously haven't seen a lot of him at college, so we don't necessarily know how good he is. But there is an outside chance that he just comes in and crushes it. He does a Donovan Mitchell when he was a rookie and surprises everyone. He does a Shea Gilgis Alexander and surprises everyone, wins that starting bat. So Shaden Sharp is that kind of player to me that I might not necessarily draft, but he's absolutely on my watch list. And uh, if he really impresses, has an opportunity to get minutes in the mid, uh, mid-20s and um, and really sort of be on your radar for fantasy basketball. So he is on he is ranked 303 on Yahoo. So we're into the 300s now, but again, someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on and in deep leagues, um, you know, 14, 16 team leagues, he's maybe a good last round pick just to take a flyer on with a bit of upside. So that will do it. There's 20 guys, 20 guys for you guys to consider at least for your last couple of rounds of picks uh, or at least on your watch list that you should be watching to start the season this year just to see how they're going, see how many minutes they're getting, what the league is doing in terms of valuing those guys. If any injuries pop up that positively affect these guys, all these guys have some really good upsides. So um, they are definitely guys that I'll be ready to pounce on and just to watch in case there is increased opportunities. So that will do it for us today, guys. Again, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Thumb this video up. Thank you again for all your support this preseason. We're going to keep going into the regular season. Um, Head over to Ball Boys NBA, get yourself a draft guide, and I'll see you guys next time. Laters. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.